New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Alan Steinfeld, host of the New Realities YouTube channel, and he's the editor of the book Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. I'm speaking with Alan at his home by remote connection. Alan, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Great to be here. I really enjoy your program, so thank you for inviting me. Thank you for showing up for us. Let's talk about extraterrestrial contact. And I know that we can talk about it in several ways, like the material reality of it or the more abstract reality of it. So can you describe the difference between those two and how different people are looking at this phenomenon? Well, yes, of course. It goes along with how we see reality. Most people see it superficially, linearly. So the government, military, they're just wowed by the phenomena. Oh, there are things out there in space, and what technology are they using, and where are they from? That's sort of the nuts and bolts of the field of ufology. That's what I call the exoteric, the external. But in the book, I include that, but I also include how is this affecting us consciously? How is this making an impact on who we are as human beings? That's the esoteric. How did meeting these beings expand the possibility of what we are and what we can become? That's really where the interest for me lies. Are they telepathic? Can they communicate in other ways? How does the reality itself shift when we meet these beings, what can they show us about our minds that we have yet to discover? This is the exciting part. I mean, yeah, there's ships out there, but who are these beings and why are they here? They're not just showing off their technology like, um, you know, jets in the sky. They are here for us, I feel, to wake up to new realities. Alan, I'm thinking, as you say, okay, ships out there, some people would explain them, oh, those are just drones because they can go up and down and back and forth and do all these acrobatics. But the one thing that drones don't do is disappear. Right. <laughs> and, and I thought, okay, now that's different. That doesn't happen. So why do they even appear at all? What's happening there? Well, one other thing I want to say, if you look at what was released by the Pentagon from the Nimitz aircraft carrier, the footage of this tic-tac-looking object going down above the ocean, making these waves in the ocean, then zooming out, that's nothing a drone can do. So why are they here? I mean, that is the big question that we're all trying to figure out. I think they're here because it's time for us to wake up as a civilization that there's more to reality than what we've known. So they're coming and going. People are getting 
used to that awareness. They're making contact with individuals, not collectively, but individuals are having more and more experiences with these beings from these dimensions, these new dimensions coming into their view, and they're having an interchange. These are what I call contactees. So contactees are having lucid, conscious contact with other beings that are communicating to them telepathically, generally, not in words. And so they're coming because I think there's a time flow that's shifting right now. And we're becoming less dense. We're becoming less maybe warlike although it doesn't appear that way. <laughs> I think we're coming together as a planet, as a planetary civilization with things like the internet, with things like the coronavirus. I mean, just think. Everyone is focused on the same issue at the same time for the past year. I mean, it's tragic, but it's also an alignment of consciousness. So somehow we are coming together as a planetary civilization. Maybe stepping up their interchange mm -hmm because of, I think, the crisis in the planet. I mean, that's my hope, Alan, that we have some help from this seemingly invisible realm. Mm -hmm. We have help, but they're not going to get us out of the mess we created. We, you know, polluted our planet, we destroyed our resources, and I think they're going to make sure we don't blow ourselves up, but we have to clean up our mess. Like your mother tells you, go to your room and clean up your mess. We've made a mess with the environment, with each other, with our relationships with each other. We have to start from a new playing field. We have to level the playing field and make it all right for human beings to share with each other, to share resources, to not destroy the very earth that gives us life. We have to have a new approach to life on earth. And I think that's coming. We are waking up to who we can be when we become less dense, less warlike, less fearful. It seems like things are becoming more and more chaotic. And from the interviews that I've been doing and what I've been reading in your own book, it just seems like we should not be afraid of the chaos because that's when things really expand. It's like um, the caterpillar has to completely liquefy to become the butterfly. Yes, that's very chaotic to a caterpillar to liquefy. Yeah. Yeah. But also in chaos theory, when systems become more and more complex, it starts to destabilize. And there has to be a more complex structure underneath in order to restructure the more sophisticated level. If there's not, the chaos just collapsed. But if there's an undercurrent of something bigger to hold that chaos, it starts to reconfigure into a more complex, more stable system. That's what chaos does. It destabilizes and restabilizes at another level. So what does this have to do with extraterrestrials and how does all of that fit into where we are right now on the planet as we try and become, as a species, more conscious and awake? Well, first of all, they're destabilizing what we think reality is, right? If they can get here through the vastness of space, maybe through wormholes, maybe just through technology, it shows us that we are not the smartest guy on the block. <laughs> this is what Avi Loeb says in his book, Extraterrestrial, if you've read that, where this thing has passed our solar system from interstellar. And he says, this is 
alien technology. And all his fellow astronomers, he's an astronomer at Harvard, says, no, don't mention the alien word. And he says, why? It's obviously some kind of technology because it doesn't do the things that this object did, Uamea when it appeared in October 2017. So there's a destabilizing factor as we start to meet these new realities, as we have more sightings in the world that are unexplained. I think part of the government cover-up for since 1947 Roswell is that they can't explain this. And you know, governments and religions and people of authority like to have a neat reality that they can explain. And if they can't explain it, they rather ignore it and say, no, no, don't look behind, <laughs> behind the curtain for the man <laughs> there. But so... Everything is breaking up. The world, even with the virus, the world is not what it was a year ago. And that's, in a way, a good shakeup. It's, it's not pleasant, but we are being shaken to realize there's more to us. And, and we've been stuck. You know, Stanton Friedman, one of the longtime ufologists, said, no one wants to be friends with a race whose favorite pastime is tribal warfare. Mm. And that's what we've been doing for probably 10,000 years on every continent, every race, every religion. It's fighting each other. I think we have to come to an end of that time and wake up to the fact that we are one humanity. As we may be uh, bad teenagers, and so we're now maybe have the possibility to move into a more mature way, and that would be opening our consciousness to greater realities beyond materialistic science, but a bigger reality. Speaking of teenagers, Justin, you know, more and more UFOs seem to appear after we dropped the atomic bomb, you know, after 1945, 1947 was a big year. It's like that atomic bomb, it's not just a little thing. I think it, and other people have said, it breaks the fabric of time space. So it ripples throughout the universe. And that was an alarm for the rest of the cosmos to say, uh-oh, the teenagers got the car keys. We better watch them. There you go. And speaking about unexplained things that materialize, one of them that many of us are fascinated with are crop circles. I assume that some of them really are pranks. Yes. You know, but... Maybe there are others that are not. What can you say about crop circles? Well, once I got into UFOs, I wanted to know everything there was about anything weird, paranormal, strange. So I went to the crop circles. They said, oh, my God, there's these symbols appearing mostly in Wiltshire County in England. And people have said because there's an aquifer underneath that land, it creates a resonance with plasma beams. And I saw beams coming down into the land when I was driving through Wilkshire. So there's these, I would say, symbols that are affecting our subconscious mind. And they are initiating us into different levels of perception. In a way, they're related to sounds and images. They start to decode and open up other parts of our brain by looking at these sophisticated symbols, these geometric shapes. So they're a key, I think. I know that a lot of scientists saying, oh, there's no life on Jupiter or no life on Venus or Saturn or whatever, because they're looking at life as based on water. 
Right. That that's the only kind of life that can happen. But you're saying, hey, there's maybe all sorts of other kind of life occurring in the universe. Life for me and people I talk is an emergent property of creation. We're just looking in the wrong place for it. You know, everyone thinks there's no life. It's like no one said we could break the four-minute mile until Roger Bannister did it, and then everyone did it. So when we get that little breakthrough, and it's really not about finding life. It's about opening our minds to possibility. When we start, like you said, looking for life in other forms, they found non-water-based life under the oceans. They found bacteria that existed on the outside of craft. I think there could be life on every planet. There could be life on the sun, but we don't understand how that's possible. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it can't exist. We have to push what our perceptions are into the unknown. And the biggest thing the UFOs do for us and these creatures, whoever they are, is make us embrace the unknown with excitement. What we think about the unknown is not to be feared, it's to be looked for. Heraclitus said, expect the unexpected, because it's difficult and hard to find. But when you do, new realities unfold, and that's what we're coming into. It's so exciting to be talking about this and having contact and having UFOs appear more often in the sky. Look for it, my friends. I'm thinking about the advice from these entities. We should follow our passions but we should let go of expectations of how they're going to turn out. Well, that's true of every situation, though, isn't it? I think we really don't understand who these beings are. I don't think we have the capacity at this level of awareness to understand it, but it pushes us to know ourselves more. That's the opportunity here. Who are we really and what are we capable of? And there's so much more that we have never even explored. And the, and the mind is infinite and, and non-local. And so are these beings. And we're graduating to that. May it be so. I'm looking forward to more of this mind expansion and tuning into this infinite field of information and exploration. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, just uh, one more question. Don't you think it's possible when we meet these beings that they will help us become more of ourselves and, because we need to understand what's them and, and we need to welcome a greater part of the mind because we meet them on another level? They are sentient like us, but I think we have to go and reach forward to something we might not even be able to grasp. But that's the challenge of new realities. May it be so. I've been speaking with Alan Steinfeld, host of the New Realities YouTube channel, and he's the editor of the book Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. I just want to um, say that the book I curated is not just my essay, but I have the best minds who've been investigating UFOs for the last 40 years, people such as Linda Moulton Howe, who studied the catamutilations and the inside whistleblowers from the government, Whitley Strieber, who wrote the book Communion, which brought us the face of the alien. 
John Mack, who studied human-alien contact, a Harvard psychiatrist professor who's given us a brand new essay. I mean, his, his archivist did. Um, who else? Carolyn Corey, who actually feels like she is one of these beings. Daryl Anka, who's been in telecommunication contact with a being named Bashar for the last 35 years. J.J. and Desiree Hertog, who have the Academy for Future Science, where they bring spirituality and the understanding of not just extraterrestrial, but extracelestials and ultra-terrestrials, higher dimensional beings. That's a whole other avenue of study. Mary Rodwell, who works with children who are starseeds, who claim to have contact from the time they are really young. She brings us a lot of information. And there's a friend of mine, Henrietta Weeks, who's just waking up to her own ET contact and realizes it's a, non, it's a nonlinear approach. And she wrote a kind of poetic, lyrical essay about her remembrance of her contact. And Nick Pope, who used to work for the Ministry of Defense, he was an employee studying UFOs. So we have the whole range from the external exoteric to the internal esoteric, how it's transforming consciousness and waking up humanity. Thank you so much, Justine, for welcoming me. Thank you so much, Alan, for giving us such a great overview of the book that you've curated and edited, which is Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. And if you want to learn more about his work and the collection of recordings that he has done, go to his YouTube channel, YouTube slash New Realities, where you'll find his many interviews. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe. I invite you to please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.